Rebels, I am Erin Patton, metaphysical master in a millennial age, and it is my life's purpose to guide you and organizations along an enlightened path. So I invite you to sit comfortably and tune in as I welcome you to the Meta Business Millennial, where we get the real conversations you won't get in the boardroom so that we understand this is exactly the path we need to be on in order to grow, evolve, and thrive. Greetings. Welcome to the Meta Business Millennial Podcast. I am Erin Patton, also known as Master L, and I am joined here today with two amazing guests, Will and Karen from the Skeptic Metaphysician Podcast, which is a beautiful podcast about all the things that make us squirm, squeeze, like all the woo-woo things in the metaphysical world that we question. And I really admire them and their path and their journey for bringing all of these things into the light, all of the things that they talk about, all of the things that they share, all of the folks that the guests that they bring on their show that speak about things that relate to the cosmos, that relate to the universe, that relate to all the things that are outside of the traditional realm of existence, if you will. So I will leave it at that and allow Will and Karen to jump in. If whoever wants to start, I would love to just know a little bit more about each of you. Like, where are you from? Like, what's your background? Like, how did you get to where you are today? I know that's a heavy loaded question, but, <laughs> you know, whoever wants to start, jump right on in. How much time do you have? Mm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this so, could be a little bit longer show because it's two yeah. of y'all. So we can go a little bit longer. <laughs> First of all, thank you so, so much for inviting us to come on the show. We're honored and thrilled to be part of it. And Karen, you can't keep bribing them to talk such good things about us anymore. We're running out of money. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever it takes. (laughs) Karen, you want to start with your story? My story. My story is not a very complicated story. I'm from Florida, one of the, you know, 10 people that are actually from Florida. And we moved to Virginia about 10 years ago-ish. But as far as my upbringing, I was raised Catholic. My parents split up when I was young and we went to Catholic school, didn't go to church a lot unless it was in school. And as far as the metaphysical, I have always known there's something there. There was never like an in-your-face experience. It was more kind of having this gentle companion with me along the way. Uh Sometimes things would happen, people would pass and, and I would, you know, speak to them like, As they were passing that night, they'd come to me in a dream. I'd find out the next morning they were gone. Things like that. I've just always known. So when we started this podcast, this actually was Will's baby, and he will give you the details about that. But we came with it two different points of view. He wanted to know the proof, the why, the how. Are you sure? How is this scientifically possible? Or for me, I was always like, well, tell me more. What's it like? How is it like for you? I get that, you know, that sort of thing. So that's kind of how we came together. And we think that our audience is composed of people just like that. You know, some believe, some don't, some want to know more. So we try to make it like an easy kind of way in for people that are curious about this. Yes. We'll get to that a little bit more later. Yeah. Step on Will. So Will, your turn. (laughs) Step away. Step away. So my story is a little bit more involved. I guess the deck was stacked against me or for me, I guess some people might say, because my mother growing up didn't know who she was really, what she believed. So she took us from church to church trying to figure out, is this us? No. Is this us? No. Is this us? No. And meanwhile, in her bookcase, she had an entire collection of Carlos Castaneda books, which those who don't know 
what he wrote about. He wrote a lot. He was an anthropologist who uh, spent some time with the Yaqui Indians in the Southwest and experienced all matter of life or mind-expanding experiences, for lack of a better word, by the use of certain medicinal herbs and things like that. When I stumbled on those books, I started reading them because I'm well, the covers looked really cool. My mother saw me and said, no, 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 you're not ready for those yet. So when I got old enough to know better, I said, well, maybe I've got to be ready now. So I started reading those books and my mind was blown. Uh. We ended up being Catholic, being raised in the Catholic church. I was confirmed. I was an altar boy. I was in the choir, the whole deal. Was but hardcore. I was hardcore. Me too. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> but something wasn't right. Like it just wasn't me. Like it didn't feel like it was me. So after reading these books, I started going into an exploration of all different types of religions, similar to what my mother did. But rather than going into a church and saying, let me experience this and note that's not me, I actually went the scholarly route. I actually took courses like what what is Hinduism? What is Buddhism? What is the Tao, Zen, all that kind of stuff and really dove to try to understand. I, I dove into Native American shamanism. I even joined a coven of witches to practice mm. Wicca just so I could really experience it, this stuff all firsthand. And the more I searched, the more I realized that there was not one thing that was me. So I ended up creating my own spirituality. I kind of cobbled things together that make me feel this is the truth for me. And one of the things we've found during the show is that if someone is opened enough to it, you'll notice that really everybody's path is just a little different. So if someone says this is the only path, I see that as a big red flag because I don't mm. think my path is going to be exactly like yours right. or Karen's. It's going to be completely different, perhaps a little bit different. So the important thing is to find your path, no matter what it is, and be okay with the fact that your path is not going to be the same path as someone else's. Mm. I love that. And I deeply, deeply resonate with both of your stories. I also grew up Catholic <laughs> and I Sorry. did all those things. <laughs> Still recovering, right? Yes, um, yes. It is good um, for some people. There are some good Catholics. It, it, it is. I don't want to yes. discourage anybody's spirituality. You're absolutely you know? right. That is a path for someone that's perfect for them. And I mm -hmm. salute them and I support them. It's just not mine. So for us. And, and the, my challenge with that is when people on that path slap you over the head and say, no, you're going to hell because you're not following my path. Well, now we got a problem. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. And that's the piece that also deeply resonates with me as well, because I've studied lots of different traditions and more recently have gotten into Tai Chi and into a Tai Chi organization that I greatly admire. Oh, and want, Yeah. And so also am such a proponent and an advocate of moving with your own divine will, with your own divine calling versus, you know, just worshiping someone or trying to follow in someone else's path. And I think that that's something that, you know, is highly debatable, this kind of idea of ideology, worshiping versus just following your own truth. And, and essentially that's what the work is. So, you know, moving more into that vein, I'm wondering, like, was there something, you know, will you share, there's kind of like a discovery aspect but were there any like catalytic moments where you were just like, you know what, I need to pursue this. Like mm. for me, I always speak to, as I mentioned before, like my trauma, like I went through so many as an adult, especially hard, challenging times, you know, like losing my father, dealing with, you know, my mom's dementia or just relationships that were toxic that really just 
threw me on a spiritual path because I had nowhere else to go. Like, were there any instances or experiences that you could speak to that really just rocked your soul and was just like, I really, you know, there's something greater out here. Short answer is yes. (laughs) (laughs) Longer answers a little bit longer. Yeah. There was a stutter step in my evolution, so to speak. I started studying these things when I started looking into different religions and different modalities. There was something happened that woke me up that there's something else beyond the 3D world we're living in. And that's when I was certified as a Reiki practitioner. I'm not sure if you know what Reiki is. It's an energy healing modality that uh, Reiki practitioners feel that we channel life force energy through us and out of our hands that help heal. So it's not us that are healing, it's the energies going through us that heal. Well, when we were in that class, they had a massage table that we had, after they taught us all the hand positions, one person would lay on the table while the rest of us would practice our hand positions on that person while they took two people at a time into a back room to what they call attune them to the energies. And 10 minutes, each person, as they came out, they would go back to putting to practicing their hand positions. But every time someone came out of that room and started putting their hands on that person, they became, they're in awe, like, oh, ah, oh my gosh. And, and here I am, Karen mentioned the fact that I'm a scientist, right? I'm very pragmatic. I don't want to be seen as naive or taken a fool of. So I'm mm-hmm. going, come on, how can that possibly, a little 10 minutes in a dark room could possibly have done anything for you, but okay, whatever. So then it came to be my turn and I get into the room, I get in my knees, they do whatever they're doing. I came out, I feel nothing. I have no difference whatsoever. So I'm going, oh, I just wasted my 300 bucks for this class, but okay, whatever. At least now I know. Proceeded to go towards the table, went to put my hands on the person on the table, and I was blown away by the energy that was flowing through my hands. Suddenly, I was the one going, ooh, and ah, and oh my God, like I could not believe it. There was a palpable energy that I've never felt coming out of my hands, I could not deny. So right there, I said, if this is real, if I can feel this energy, what else out there is real that I've not bothered to accept because it's Uh. just too far out for me? Uh. Well, then time passes and life gets in the way and you forget about things. And it wasn't until, gosh, about two and a half years ago, maybe, where right when COVID was hitting, I had a major, major crisis of self. I had a breakdown because I suddenly was forced to see myself in the mirror as who I was. And I hated myself. Yeah. I hated myself. I've made awful decisions in my past. I've, my judgment has been super spotty. I've, I've been super judgmental and angry and just not a good guy. I was a real jerk, honestly. And I did some things that hurt my family and my friends and myself. And when I looked at it, when I was forced to really face it, I lost it. So I went to therapy for a while and that was great. I'm a big proponent of therapy if you can do it, but get the best therapist because she said, have you tried meditation? Because I was having panic attacks and all that kind of stuff. So she helped me to get my foot in the door of back into these modalities when I realized oh my gosh, that's right. I'm not this physical body that I'm inhabiting. I'm much more than that. And I need to do way better. Uh. So that really launched my exploration into what's out there, what modalities are out there that can help me to awaken spiritually and make sense of the junk that I did back then to be better in the future 
forevermore. Come on now. That's beautiful. You know, I feel like something happened during that pandemic, that 2020, that clarity of your vision, it happened for a lot of people across the globe. So praise, you know, all the heavens and and everyone for the awakening that you had, because I had a similar experience as well around that time that brought me to here. So thank you for sharing that. No, thank you for providing a platform for people to share their stories with you. All right, Miss Karen. (laughs) I don't have anything quite as earth shaking as that. (laughs) It's kind of like I've said, I've always just known. And when I was a kid, if I wanted something, I would get it. Uh Not like, you know, financial security, things I should have asked for. (laughs) We're still waiting on that one. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) But just random things, you know, like at school, there'd be a prize drawing and I'm like, I'm going to win it. And they'd pull up the name and it was mine. And that happened time again. And my favorite story about that is when I was 11, I lived in South America for a year and I was in love. I don't know. You probably haven't heard of him, but there was a boy band back then called Menudo that were from yeah. Puerto Rico. And there was the one guy that I loved. I was 11 years old. I was madly in love with this kid and I would pray at night and I'm like, I want to go to college where he's going to college and we're going to meet and get married and have a hundred kids. Like I was fixated on that. So by the time I was, you know, 13, I didn't even know who they were anymore, <laughs> but we had moved back to the States. You know, years later, I go to college and I was on the crew team. So I'm out, you know, rowing my little boat. And then the men's crew team came by and who was on their boat? The guy from Menudo that I wanted to marry and have 100 kids with. So we ended up meeting. I never told him I knew who he was or anything. And I hate to say that he wasn't that cute as an adult. <laughs> but, <laughs> but we became friends. And I ended up actually being the love interest in a video he had to make for his you know, radio television major in order to graduate. <laughs> so it was just the most random thing. And how else could that have happened without, you know, manifesting it? Me, folks, I mean, it was exactly what I wanted. I wanted to meet him in college and I met him in college. Now we didn't get married and have 92 kids, but I was still the love interest in the video. And (laughs) so we were friends for a few years. And then I guess he moved back to Puerto Rico and we haven't really been in touch. You know, that doesn't just happen. So things like that that have happened in my life have have always led me to know that there's something more. I did grow up Catholic, but also I have a degree in anthropology and I did study world religions. And there were a little kind of like Will was saying, bits and pieces of all these different religions that struck a chord with me. And so I've always just kind of taken that in and, and kind of created the same sort of thing, my own spiritual path. And I think that religion and spirituality is so personal. Uh, It really is impossible for someone to say this is absolutely the way and you have to follow it. And for it to 100% always resound with everybody who's listening, I have a hard time believing that to be true. Um, You know, I think a lot of the followers of different religions adhere to most of it, but there are got to be things that don't resonate with them. And so kind of what I've done is I have my own beliefs and some of them incorporate some Christian beliefs, some, you know, Buddhism, Taoism, all of it. And it's just for me, it's about love and spreading that love. That's my goal in life. Now, that's what I think for me is important, just kind of spreading that love and helping people to be happy. I love that. My estimation of spirituality, the way that that I explain it, is told in the form of a story. And the story was one day God was standing on his mountain of truth and he's looking down on the world from his mountain of truth. And as he looks, he likes what he's seeing. So he leans over to take a closer look. But as he does, he kind of loses his footing a little bit and stumbles backwards a little bit and, and gets back onto the mountain of truth. But as he does, these pebbles from the mountain of truth fall down onto the world. And then he looks over the edge again to see what's going on down there. And as he's watching, he sees all the people from the world running to these pebbles 
grabbing them, raising them over their heads and say, I have the truth. When in essence, all they have is a pebble from the mountain mm. of truth. Mm. So only by everyone putting their other pebbles together could they have even the inkling of what the truth actually is. So it's a matter of knowing that we probably are never going to have the entire truth while we're on this planet. So all we can do is go towards those pebbles that really call to us the most because that's what we're more aligned with from that mountain of truth. Right. I love that story because that's essentially the agreement we made with God. We came here knowing that we wouldn't see the truth, but we wanted to experience it and feel it. We wanted to feel the truth. And that's the, I believe, the blessing of being human in human form and why so many of, I mean, y'all talk about this, the other beings are so... uh, (laughs) Oh, we're going to go there. Okay. (laughs) Are so enamored with us is because we have the ability to feel, we have the ability to emote in a way that many of them can never because they're not in this kind of form. And I think that's the contract that human beings make that so many of us forget. And that's so beautiful is that we're able to experience and feel that love that Karen's talking about and have those manifestations and see the truth happen for us when we stay grounded in that truth. Yet that groundedness, that consistency, (laughs) that belief, that faith, all those things is so hard to manage, you know, and we get to points where like, will you say where we're like hating ourselves because we're judging our little mistakes along the way so harshly. So that's a beautiful story to share. So thank you for sharing that. Thank you. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So yeah, next question. I kind of want to know a little bit more about like, how did you get into this work? Because like I mentioned before, a lot of our listeners are kind of toting the line. They're curious to what you said. I love that you use that word curious. And they want to understand like if they feel called to be healers, if they feel called to talk about this work, how do they make that transition? Like, what does that look like? How did that look like for you guys? (laughs) I guess before we, we get into our own personal story about that. I have to agree with what you're saying, but so many of our guests are those people. I mean, we've talked to accountants, we've talked to people that owned international public relation firms, like all kinds of, you know, the average white collar or or whatever, you know, college educated kind of mainline mainstream person Uh who's had these awakenings. And Uh a lot of them thought they were going crazy. You know, they thought they were losing their mind and others didn't. And some have, you know, quit their past lives 100% just to focus on on their new spirituality. Others kind of balance both. But it's really interesting how many what we would call just, you know, regular people are really yeah. diving into this and having these experiences and sharing them and, and kind of coming out of the closet about the fact that they are having these experiences and able to share them because it is yeah. becoming so much more, it's becoming more welcoming of a space than obviously than, than it used to be in the past. Yeah. Not, so we're excited about that. Not that long ago, you started doing these things. You were seen as like, oh, this guy's a kook, right? What's Literally. He, or a charlatan or yeah, they just have to take my money or, you know, the carnival soothsayers and tarot readers and things like that. But now to Karen's point, they're the next people next door. Mm-hmm. The, la- the, the computer analyst. The last person you would <laughs> expect, right? They say that the veil is thinning for sure. They talk about the fact that we've now moved into the age of Aquarius. This is the age where the planet is transitioning into an era where we're much more aligned with spirit and things like that. Mm-hmm. So- it doesn't come as a huge surprise that more and more people are wakening up. Yes. This is not something that you flip a switch and suddenly you're it. This is something that is an ongoing process that will forever be an ongoing process. So I question when someone says, I made it, I've ascended. Mm." (laughs) 
Okay. I'm glad that you have that positivity about you that is moving you in that direction. But I would argue that we are all here specifically to continuously learn. Mm -hmm. So if you say, I've learned it all, then why have you not ascended to the point of no longer being on this planet? Period. Yes. So I would say those that are curious about this kind of thing, buckle in for a long haul. This is not an, a short trip, a short ride. We created the show, honestly, because we wanted a platform for people to be able to explore these modalities in a safe space. When I first started looking into them, I walked into a metaphysical bookstore and went, what the heck <laughs> is this? I uh -huh. had no idea where to turn. I thought the people were weird. I felt weird energies. The air smelled strange. Say, but the patchouli smelled good. <laughs> I don't know. I found it really strange, patchouli. But I didn't know how to go about it. So I just took a leap. And thankfully, I found someone who was knowledgeable enough to lead me in the right direction. But you can't always rely on that. So we wanted to create a platform where people can actually come on and listen from the comfort of their home or their car or their while they're washing dishes or whatever it is to learn about specific modalities. That's beautiful. And then if that one doesn't resonate with you, you move on to the next episode because there's a brand new modality for you to listen to. And mm -hmm. over the course of 101 episodes, little by little, you're learning and learning and learning. You're expanding your knowledge base and eventually it resonates with you and it clicks. And then you start realizing what your path is supposed to be. You move down that path. And even if you just start listening for the entertainment value, which, you know, we'd like to think we're a little entertaining, eventually <laughs> <laughs> you might get hooked. No, you might find something that really resonates with you. You know, you never know. But we've been really fortunate. We actually just won the oh, yeah. Listener's Choice Awards for the inaugural Signal Podcast Awards. So we're oh, pretty no. excited about that. Thank you. Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah, yeah thanks. So it's fun to, to know. We actually were going to cancel or quit doing the podcast about a year ago because it is a lot of work. I mean, you know, between the editing and the marketing and all of this stuff, we, we both have our regular jobs. So we made the decision to quit. And then, you know, right before it was that same day, I started Googling skeptic metaphysicians just to see what came up. And we happened upon the, these like, I don't know, five, 10 pages of reviews that we didn't even know existed. Mm. They were all five-star reviews and people wrote like paragraphs. Mm. about it. And it was such an eye-opener and the way people were, were taking the information and, and some people were saying, this is my source of spirituality and thank you. And we're like, oh my gosh, you know, if this mm. is helping one person, we can't stop. Mm. Yeah. So we, we've continued and, and we have had some very, very interesting guests and we've talked to everyone from, you know, channelers and mediums to someone who knows Bigfoot. Will spoke with a vampire, you name it, you know, and we're learning is we haven't even begun you know, we're at the tip of the iceberg. I mean, there's just yeah. so much more. The more we learn, the more we learn that there is more to learn. <laughs> yes. For so. sure. For sure. I don't want people to think that we have all the answers because really this show is our own spiritual journey. Mm -hmm. We are learning along with our audience. I know a little bit about a lot. And I know less than that. <laughs> <laughs> but as we've released episodes, we've been learning each and every conversation that we've had has expanded our consciousness exponentially. Oh. That doesn't necessarily mean that we believe 100% what every one of our guests say. It doesn't, yeah. but we're also not debunking it. We're just trying to provide people with a platform to tell their stories, to share their experiences. And if it resonates with someone, great. Right. As we said, who are we to judge anyone's path? If you feel that you are the light and everyone who dies goes through you to go to the afterlife, then good for you. But man, that sounds exhausting. <laughs> it does. Right? Uh, but, but I'm not going to say 
yeah, that's crap because I have no idea. Maybe he is. And we don't know about it. We don't know the truth, right? Mm-hmm. So the show's called The Skeptic Metaphysicians because at the beginning we were skeptical. Okay. And we wanted to, I, I mean, we still to this day ask the question like, was there a lot of alcohol involved or any other kind of substances? <laughs> Are you sure you weren't just dreaming this, yeah. you know, but in a nice way, we're not saying, yeah, yeah you're off your rocker, right? Because I know if I was listening to it, I want to know, was he drinking during that time? <laughs> yeah. Some- <laughs> yeah. But now it's a lot less us as the skeptics. And now, because we were talking about maybe rebranding the show a little while ago, but we decided against it because it's not us who's the skeptic metaphysicians anymore. It's our audience. Our audience yeah. are the skeptic metaphysicians. Yeah. People mm-hmm. who are interested in this stuff, mm-hmm. but don't necessarily know where to jump on or aren't 100% sure this stuff is real and want to explore mm-hmm. in the safe space. So now the skeptic metaphysicians come to listen to our show. And then getting back to your original question, as far as what our, you know, kind of professional life was prior to this. I mean, I was a teacher at a, an Episcopal prep school, like a very high or fancy one in Florida. After that, I um, managed a real estate investment company for about 10, 11 years. And now um, I work in TV. Um, I host a couple of shows and I produce some shows. So that's, you know, pretty mainstream standard, I think, <laughs> stuff. But yeah. I don't know. And then Will. Yeah. My whole life I've worked in television and film. I cut my teeth with NBC in Telemundo and then created my own production company. Now I work for another big company overseeing their television network and very much entrenched in that 3D world. Mm-hmm. But more and more, this is calling me to the point uh, where Aaron and I are already talking about spinning this show off into something a lot more robust and yes. having other spinoffs from that. And we're already got plans in place to make this be our life path. And the yes. nice thing about what we both currently do, I'm working in, in television and media is that, you know, we, we tell stories. So this has been a very natural kind of complimentary sort of, I don't know, side thing that we're doing because, you know, we're telling stories or hearing people's stories, but that's what it's about. So it's worked out well for us. Yeah. Well, this is incredibly inspiring for me because I started this podcast literally a few months ago. And, and so for me, yeah, thank you. Thank you. But it's been such a beautiful opportunity to speak with practitioners who I've worked with, practitioners who I admire, folks who I've just met. And in being able to, in many ways, I love how you said, hold a safe space for conversations that we like. I say like we don't have in the boardroom. We're not talking about this at the coffee machine. Mm -hmm. And so I love that you all are really focused on that. And I would like to dig a little bit deeper into what that space looks like, because for folks that are skeptic, what does a safe space look like? Can you just really go a little bit, describe what that is for you and and what that show platform creates for for your listener? Well, it's a space of non-judgment. It's a space where you can come in and, I mean, podcasts are such a personal thing because you've got headphones in your ear, right? You're speaking to someone's head directly, (laughs) right? They're carrying you around in their mind, their heads. So for us, it's a big responsibility to bring guests on that we feel are not out specifically to sell something or just so cockamamie or charlatans or, you know, just out for money, think that kind of, we want to bring people on that can really share information with people that's going to make a difference. Yes. So you can know that when you come listen to the show or join us on our website, engage with us in our community, you know that you are with a group of like-minded people 
that are here to support you and to love you through, let's face it, the dark night of the soul stuff. Spiritual yeah. awakening is not for the weak of mind, the weak of heart. It is yes. hard, sometimes can be absolutely traumatic. And if you don't have a sense of community around you to help support you, it's unbelievably lonely. Right? This is spiritual path is a very personal path. You are on your own. So though I don't know what you're going through, what pain points you're experiencing at the moment, I can at least say, I'm here for you. You're not alone. I can't walk with you on your path, but I can hold your hand while you walk yours. Mm. So that's kind of what we want to provide for people because it's something we didn't have. We still don't have really. So by building this community, we're finding, we're building these these like-minded people that we can actually turn to and go, oh my gosh, I need help. I need someone just to listen and they will show up no matter what. And that's what we've found with our guests. They are genuinely interested in helping people genuinely interested in raising the overall vibrational level, sharing the love, sharing that feeling of community. We have had some interviews that we decided not to air mm-hmm. because they just were not kind of what we're looking for. But we want the people to listen that are listening to us to say, okay, maybe that's not so strange. Or maybe, you know, yep. well, maybe I can listen a little bit more. Maybe this is kind of more comfortable than I thought it would yeah. be. That's not to say that every interview is like that, right? No. There's always some that slip through the cracks that after you put it out there and you listen to it back and you go, damn, he was only selling his book the entire time. <laughs> <laughs> but the information that he was providing was still very pertinent to our audience. It was incredible. But if you mentioned his book one more time, I was going to have to cut him off. <laughs> you know? But everyone needs to make a living somehow, yeah. right? And if that was the way that they felt that's what they needed to do to make ends meet, then I will help them because that is what we're here for. We're here to help each other. And if I can help you, and any, anyone who's worked with me will share this about me. I'm 100% in the camp that all, whether the rising tide rises all ships, that whole cliche thing. I am such a collaborator. I love to help other people grow because one of the tenets that we found in spirituality, the more you help other people, the more you help yourself. At the end of the day, that part, Mm -hmm. right? At the end of the day, Aaron, we are one. Yes. You're one. We're the same. So if I'm helping you, I'm actually helping me because we are one. So that's always been my philosophy. So anytime another show comes on and says, hey, would you mind doing a promo swap or anything like that? I'm absolutely, how else can I help you? I helped introduce guests to other podcasters that think would be great for the shows. I try to do what I can to help them because I know how difficult it is. And I know that all this energy that's being put out there always comes back to us because our show's doing beautifully, right? We just won a Listener's Choice Award. That's incredible, right? The bronze and the general category overall we won. So it's an unbelievable feeling to help others grow because it feels good, but it's also the byproduct of that. When you look rearview mirrors going, oh my God, we're growing too. It's nice. It's just a nice community that we're trying to build here. And it really even helps you in so many unexpected ways, like just kind of, you know, seeing, well, he manages a big group of people and because of how he is and just kind of lifting everyone together, which has evolved largely because of this, anybody on his team would, I don't know, jump off a cliff for him. It's like really a family. It's it's weirdly an incredible caring team. And I mean, I'm just a freelancer, so I don't have a team, but. <laughs> <laughs> Let me interject that I would never ask anyone to jump off a cliff. <laughs> no, but you know what I mean. I mean, we've actually gotten text saying, you know, we'd step in front of a bus for you, like that yes. sort of thing. I mean, and who does that with their manager? You know, that's because of how you are. But a lot of how you are is because of how you've grown and changed and evolved with this. Yes. 
that. There's been a big change inside me. And I, I, I didn't feel it at first, but people were telling me, oh yeah, okay, I see it. I see it now. And that's the number one piece of advice I would give anyone listening is that don't worry about you, worry about others. The more service you are to others, the more benefits you are going to reap from it. But it has to come from the right place. Yes. If, you say, if I help you, then this is going to come back and help me. No, that's not the right. You need to want to help someone because you genuinely want to help somebody. The byproduct is that you're helped, but you can't do it with ulterior motives because it doesn't work that way, right? It's an energy exchange. And the more you look into this stuff, you'll hear about manifestations and law of thirds and of attraction also. I mean, all these different principles that make so much sense when you realize that we are just one. We're just one and we're on this planet to help each other, to be of service to each other. And it really is an honor and a privilege to be able to help other people. I mean, whether it's emotional support or financially or whatever, if you have that ability, so many don't. So it is, a, it's a privilege. And yeah. then just yes. seeing that joy or those changes that you can help affect another people, I mean, that just reflects back onto you. And maybe that's a little selfish, but I think it just, the more reflections that there are, the brighter the world's going to be. And that's why I'm sad when I see some of the things happening in the world these days. So many people are just out for themselves and it hurts me because it's pushing us backwards, right? This is not about the competition in this world is off the chain. It's not about who can collect the most before they die. It's who can touch the most people before they die. Period. And I think we've got it backwards right now. Yes. Not that way, Karen. <laughs> Sorry. That's a, get your mind out of the gutter. I know. That's a 12-year-old in me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, and just to continue to expand on that point of competition, I talk about that in my blog. I talk about that in my podcast, in my market, in everything, because I come from a very traditional business background and competition fundamentally drives everything about business. I mean, we even call our, what I like to call like our peers, our worthy rivals, we call them our competitors. We even call people in our own industry, our competitors. So at the core, foundationally, we are trying to win and beat someone else down, you know, pretty much. And and so for you as a manager, Karen, thank you for lifting that up for me because I wasn't aware that Will even had a team. This is a lot of the work that I talk about in meta business is how do we empower ourselves and how do we empower others? And I like to, uh, you know, of course, I'm a meta business, metaphysical business is what I do. I believe that metaphysics is one of the a beautiful way in which we can empower teams, in which we can empower people to, to bring our full selves to work. I would like for you to talk more about that. You know, even as a freelancer, Karen, like how has metaphysics, what does it mean to you? How has it really infiltrated, influenced, impacted the work that you do, how you serve people? I think for me, uh, the biggest yes, change is really being able to lose that judgment. We all do. And, and I'm not, you know, totally judgment free. But um, I read a book by the uh, about sort of by the Dalai Lama. And one of the things that stuck with me was he was talking about, and this was years ago, so I don't remember exactly the, the right words. Was, but he was, was it the Book of Joy? No, it was oh. um, The Art of Happiness. Mm. <laughs> And he was talking about how, you know, if you get cut off in traffic or someone bumps into you in the store, you know, they're not setting out to harm you. They might have just lost their child or gotten fired from their job. You don't know what's going on in their life. Yes. And so instead yes. of being all mad and letting that ruin your moment or your, even your day sometimes, it's more like, 
feel for them. I feel bad for you that you are in such a bad place that you're, you know, doing this or behaving this way. And I'm glad that's not my case. But just in doing that, that has helped me change my view on so many things. Yes. And to be able to really to drop those that judgment in a lot of ways, which has helped me be more open and receptive to clients, to people that I'm working with, much more understanding, much more patient. So that's probably how it's helped me the most. For me, it's two-pronged. I was very competitive. Mm-hmm. I still am to a certain extent. I always want to win. And that was part of who I recognized. That is part of what I recognized in myself back before my transformation. I was ultra competitive. I would do whatever to win. And I most often than not did, but it came with a big price tag. Always. My team, the team that Karen talks about, were hired guns. At any minute, they could just say, I'm out of here. I don't want to work for him anymore because some people were afraid of me because I had a temper because I was such a perfectionist that if something wasn't done exactly how it's supposed to be, I lost it. It's not fair to anybody, including me, (sighs) but it's more about them. Since my transformation, since my adoption of metaphysical principles, and I I now meditate every day. And if I don't, you can feel the difference. (laughs) He does. And I'm like, go meditate now. (laughs) (laughs) But- I've really thrown myself headfirst into these principles. And now this team of hired guns are no longer hired guns. They're my family. And Uh, there have been so many times where they've come to me and said, well, you know, if this had happened three years ago, I don't know if I would have wanted to be been around you because you would have reacted in a very different way. And the result of all that, of my adopting these metaphysical principles, a more acceptance, more understanding that things happen and learning from the mistakes and putting policies in place to make sure that doesn't happen again, but moving forward from there, helping everybody rise together. Mm -hmm. We ended up with a record setting year this year at work. Let's go. That's it. it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so now everyone is turning to me on a national scale saying, well, how did you do it there? And can you help us do it here now too? So now my position, if I want it, is has a potential of growing into something where I might travel to different states to help them build up their programs like I'm doing here in Virginia. Question is, do I want it? It would take me away from my family for periods of time. It would be a lot of long hours, a lot of work, a lot of pressure. And again, I'm worried the competitive side might come in and yeah, stick me in the head. <clears throat> but I'm letting energy, spirit, the universe guide me and yes. saying, at the end of the day, and we can't control anything. And that's the nice thing about this too, is not feeling like you have to control it. Yes. Right. Things are going to happen like they're going to happen. And, right. you know. Everything happens for a reason. How you react yep. is that, what, what matters. Exactly. Yeah. It's a cliche you hear all the time. Everything happens for a reason, but you're absolutely right. Everything happens in its divine timing. Right? Mm. So if I'm meant to move up to do something else in this job, then so be it. I, using these principles, I will move forward with a, a mindset that is conducive to my spiritual well-being. If it's not, I'm okay because I'm actually really enjoying what I'm doing. And the direction in which we're heading, the, the direction in which the universe is pointing me or pushing us, I welcome it. I really, I'm op- opening myself up with open arms because not only is it something that's serving humanity? But damn it, it's so much fun. I just love, yes. I love doing what we're doing. Yes, you know? yes, yes. I love that because my mentor's mantra that I am adopting and integrating daily is play, fun, love. Mm. And we already talked about love, 
but come on now, having fun, playing, like when's the last time we did that? You know, for me, like playing and having fun was like going out and getting drunk. You know what I'm saying? As an adult, like I didn't even know what playtime fun meant anymore because I had lost that aspect of myself, that childlike, curious, you know, silly aspect of myself. And now I have a three-year-old son and he awakens that for me. And also, I mean, to be real, this spiritual path, like you said, it's good, bad, and really ugly sometimes. (laughs) And oftentimes when we're in spiritual practice, it can be so serious and so disciplinary and focused. And that really resonated with the hardcore, to Will's point, business, competitive, Mm -hmm. masculine aspect that I carried. So it was a very practice program for me. And so for me, I'm moving out of that, trying to be so serious, meditating 15 minutes a day, doing 100 bows every day, doing, you know, I like literally was like a a sergeant, you know, drill sergeant (laughs) in my my spiritual practice, (laughs) you know, so inviting more of that playfulness, inviting more of that fun is exactly what we need in order to spread that love for humanity. So thank you so much for lifting that up. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. At the at the core of our being, we are spiritual beings. Mm-hmm. Spirit is just love. It's fun. It's love. Mm-hmm. It's not supposed mm-hmm. to be this hard. It's not. We tend to limit ourselves so much. We do get to have fun with our work. And not too long ago, I got to have an incredible experience that was not on my bucket list, something I never thought I'd do, but I went hang gliding. And okay. Like I got hauled up by this plane a mile up in the sky and then the plane lets you go and you're in this kite with this other guy and I don't like heights, (laughs) but I took my daughter so she could see me do this. She's 12. I'm 53. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to try this. I used to do all kinds of stuff like that when I was younger. I've ridden on top of trains. I've gone ziplining on the Great Wall of China on this rickety thing that should have broken. But there was this big gap where I hadn't done anything like that in years. Mm-hmm. And so I had my producer who was ready to you know, step in if I chickened out because I was pretty sure I was going to chicken out. But I'm like, oh, I'm going to do this. And it was, I told Will, it was such a spiritual experience because you are, we went through the clouds. I mean, I'm looking down on birds that are flying beneath mm. me. Wow. Can, can I celebrate something you just said just for a minute ago? You went up a mile in the air and flew in a kite a mile wow. in the air. Yeah, it was high. Wow. <laughs> we went upside down. We did these corkscrew things. In a wow. kite. In a kite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I can yeah. see it now. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah, okay. But it was... I mean, there were moments I just didn't feel my body anymore. I just felt it was so spiritual. I just felt like I was part of the breeze and the wind. It was incredible. And just having, you know, the chance to play like that. Mm-hmm. It's so important. I came back and we we're riding in the car and I remember looking at Will and I just like welled up with tears because I had forgotten who I was for such a long time. I was just this mom and then this working mom. Yeah. You know, so it was such a like a, a spiritual moment for me in so many different yeah. ways. Yeah. Ed Cartole talks about the power of now, right? Being yeah. in the moment. And the only way to truly recognize who we are is by being in the moment. This experience gave Karen opportunity to be so in the moment that she connected to who she really was. Her mm. spirit came out and she yes. experienced mm. it as a spirit. And that's what reminded her. That's what made her tears well up in her eyes because 
she connected back to who she was. And when you mentioned that all this stuff is so serious and monotone and boring, that's kind of why we made the show the way we did, because we do. Karen and I aren't very serious people. We'd love to have fun. <laughs> and why would this be any different? So through our experiences, Karen's hang gliding, our harmonic egg visits, <laughs> all these kinds of things, we present it in a way where people who hear our show come out going, that was actually a lot different than I thought. Mm -hmm. They are jokes. We laugh with each other all the time. We don't take these things very seriously, but we take it very seriously. You know, we take yeah. the topic very seriously, but, but we enjoy it. We enjoy mm -hmm. uh, diving into it and we have fun and we laugh because that's what laughter raises your vibrations, happiness, love. That's how you raise your vibrations. And fear, envy, greed, all those things brings your vibration down. And that's what makes you become competitive. And that's what you, makes you stuck in the 3D. We need to laugh more. We need to enjoy more. We need to love more so that our vibrational rate skyrockets. The higher we raise our vibrations, the more aligned and tuned we are with the universe. So the universe gives us those things that are good for us and mm -hmm. then provides us with an opportunity to truly ascend at some point. And it really is so much more fun to believe than not to. Yeah. You know, I mean, this guy comes on talking about his relationship with Bigfoot and their family, you know, and it's like, I mean, you could just be like, okay, that guy was a wackadoo, whatever. But it's like, huh, that's kind of a fun thing to think about. You know, it's just more enjoyable to have these different things to think about and yeah. maybe believe in and maybe not. You know, I don't know. Yeah. For the record, we don't think he was wackadoo. We his, don't. His theory is really sound. Like we went... Oh my gosh. Now I can maybe believe in Bigfoot. Why didn't we think about that? Right. So it's really, it's been an eye opening experience. It's been really a lot of fun. And I hope this never ends because it's incredible. Well, I hope that we can dream a little bit right now because I'm such a vision oriented human being, a divine being as well. And you guys shared that you have thoughts about where you want to see the skeptic metaphysician going. And since we're talking about this right now, I would love for you to just, if we can just have a session of possibilities for where you see Will and Karen going with this work, because I am full of so much hope, so much optimism for what you guys have created, what you're doing in the world. I would love to just co-create with you, share in this moment with you, this safe space with you where you would like to see this work go for you and your listeners, your future listeners, watchers. <laughs> exactly. You just nailed it. <laughs> we want to travel the world exploring different modalities for a living. Like that's, we want to expand the skeptic metaphysicians into a metaphysical travel show yes. where we go to Machu Picchu or we go to the Lee lines or we go to Stonehenge. Iceland, Stonehenge. Yeah. Uh. everywhere, And we talk to people who are practicing these modalities to help other people to be of service. So our goal is we're in the process of filming a pilot to bring the skeptic metaphysicians to a small screen, and then it will come the act of pitching it to networks. Hopefully they will pick it up. And then beyond that, we have ideas of how to spin off some of our past guests into their own shows for them to air on our own television network. That's all about being of service. I love it. I love it. Karen, do you have anything to add to that? I mean, that's it. We, we um, it's, it's our dream baby that we're working on. So we just want to have a network where we can just expand the love yeah well now the more we talk about this the more we are finding people supportive of it and not just that the the idea came to us from people who are incredibly talented and, and intuitive and they said oh yeah no this show's gonna do this and this and this and this and 
we hadn't thought about doing that, but that sounds incredibly daunting. <laughs> so we're taking the challenge. Yeah, yeah. We're, the we are allowing the universe to lead us. If the universe yes. says you are meant to do this, then by all means, uh, we're gonna we're gonna do it. Deepak Chopra wrote the Seven Spiritual Laws to Success. Right. Yes. And one of the laws was the path of least resistance. Yes. I tried to live that my almost my entire life, but the challenge is that you can fall into complacency easily. So it's not. <laughs> That's totally what I did. Yeah. So it's not just about the path of just going on the path of least resistance. It's also about recognizing where the path is taking you. Yeah. Because sometimes the path of least resistance means just staying in bed and pulling a John and Yoko for a week <laughs> and not doing anything. That's certainly the easiest thing to do. But mm -hmm. you got to challenge yourself. And mm -hmm. one of the things that I would urge anyone who's listening in to consider is I have two favorite quotes. One, when I was in high school, I didn't even know what it was. But after many, many, many years, I looked back on it and went, oh, my gosh, that's a little, a little eerie, a little scary. But that quote was, the universe rearranges itself to accommodate your version of reality. Yes. And that could not be closer to the truth, right? Yes. I was a high school kid. I didn't know what that meant. But yet I picked mm -hmm. that for my senior quote as I was graduating. Well, now it's become very clear. Mm. But now my new favorite quote is, growth happens at the edge of your comfort zone. Mm -hmm. So if you are complacent, if you just are happy sticking to the same old, same old, and you don't push yourself outside of your comfort zone, mm -hmm. you're not going to grow. Mm -hmm. And I know that from firsthand experience. Period. Me as well. And I am so grateful. Thank you so much for the courage and the willingness to share your vision because I had already seen it <laughs> as you guys were talking. <laughs> yes. So when you just confirmed it, affirmed it, you know, that it is happening. So I am, you know, just sending you both so much light and because you have already been such an inspiration to many. And I know that people are able to see what you do and see what other people do. It's really going to add that extra layer for our sensory experience experience as human beings, because we need all those little senses activated to really receive the information, receive the love, that it's just going to be phenomenal. So I can only say how grateful I am to have been on this path with you, to have this opportunity to commune with you. It's really given me so much inspiration for myself and where I'm going. And just to close it out, I would love for you guys to just share a little bit about how people can stay in touch with you, how they can, you know, watch more of your show, you know, maybe contribute to or support with what you're doing in the future. Sure. This, the very simplest way to get in touch with us is to go to skepticmetaphysician.com. There you can subscribe to listen to our show directly there on whatever platform you prefer, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Amazon, you name it, we're on, on them all. You can uh, subscribe to them directly from the site. You can watch our videos directly on the site. You can reach out to us, send us messages and email from the site. You can leave us voicemails on the site. Mm. And if you join our community, we have a members only section that allows you to access different discounts on uh, products and services that some of our past guests have graciously offered to give to our listeners. We don't get a cut of them all, of uh, any of them. It's just a matter of our way of helping people explore these modalities in an affordable way. So we ask as a matter of course, anyone who comes on, hey, would you be interested in doing this? And if they say yes, then they'll 
They'll put a code or some sort of something in the on our members only section that people can go and and see. Well, I'd like to have a tarot reading or like Reiki energy healing mm-hmm. at you know a free one or whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. And that's probably the the easiest way. Obviously, we're on social media, so Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all that kind of stuff can all be accessed through skepticmetaphysician.com. Amazing, amazing. And any closing things you guys want to share before we wrap it up today? I know Karen has something. Cause I she, do? Yes. <laughs> I can feel it. Oh, Claire Cognizant, remember? Claire Co- hmm, I think your Claire Cognizant <laughs> might be a little off today. <laughs> Gosh, we just really want people to open your minds. Give yourself that opportunity because you're limitless. And if you don't open your mind, then you're creating those limits on yourself that you don't need to have. I guess what I would say to close is if something inside you is freaking out because you don't know what's going on, if you are tired of working and working and working and it's still you're you're kind of running around in circles then something is calling you and that something is probably your soul Mm. at the risk of sounding all kinds of woo woo and all that kind of stuff (laughs) give yourself an opportunity to explore if if you explore and you go this is a bunch of bull then all you've done is spend a little bit of time it doesn't resonate with you but to karen's point if you go into this stuff with an open mind, an open heart, and you feel if something goes, oh my God, that actually feels right, then something there. Follow that path. Follow that rabbit hole because, boy, once you start, if you open yourself up to stuff, things are going to start happening. I'm telling you, I was the biggest pragmatist in the world. I didn't believe in anything. And the moment I started opening my eyes to what could possibly be out there, things actually started to happen. Mm-hmm. People go. started to speak to me. Things started occurring. Things were aligned. The universe started pushing me. It is astounding. So give yourself a chance. You won't regret it. I love it. All right, y'all. Y'all heard it. Keep your mind open. Keep your, everything's limitless and really just have fun with it because, you know, being skeptical is a great place to start. Being curious is a great place to start. But as long as you're open, there's something that you can always learn from it. So I love that that's really what you all are about, what you teach, what you share, what you hold space for and keep doing more of it because it is amazing. And I thank everyone for listening. If you want to continue to follow the Metabusiness Millennial and listen to guests like Will and Karen, follow us at the Metabusiness Millennial on Instagram, also on my YouTube channel at I am Erin Patton, my website, themetabusiness.world, where you can find more resources and more information about metaphysics and how you can start to integrate more of this into your life, into your business. I thank all of you again for watching, for listening. I love you so much. Peace. Did you really love this episode of the Meta Business Millennial Podcast? Well, I am honored and I appreciate you subscribing, leaving a review, and sharing it with your friends because your feedback allows us to co-create more enlightened conversations. And if you're interested in growing your soul now, head over to my website, AaronPatton.com to find all the show notes, links, and free resources to get your energy activated today. In the meantime, Stay bright, my friends. Much love and light. Peace.